You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 16, how to ask for and get the help you need. Because if I could go back and start my business over with a clean slate, one of the things that I would do differently would be to ask for help more often, even those times where I don't think I need it. Learning how to do this has been the biggest game changer in my business, hands down. And that's why today we're going to talk about the staggering cost of not asking for help and why it's not actually quicker for you to do it yourself. You'll also learn why asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. I'll give you my surprising mindset shift that will dramatically improve your productivity. And I'm also going to dish on my favorite outsourcing tools that you can start using right now, especially if you have a limited budget. Plus, I'm going to let you in on one really neat little psychology trick that makes asking for help easier and almost always guarantees that you'll get an emphatic yes. So if you're ready to learn how to get the support you need so you can take your growth to the next level, stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Welcome to the Effortless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer, and as a wellness entrepreneur and stress expert, showing high achievers like you how to maximize your income, influence, and impact without maxing out your time, energy, or effort is, well, it's what I do best. Because when I say effortless, not only do I mean easy and effortlessly, I literally mean creating a life that doesn't depend on your hard work or effort. And I have a feeling today's topic will really resonate with you because it is something I know you've struggled with before, because I think it's something we've all struggled with across the board at one point or another. In fact, I periodically reach out to our community to ask you guys what you want to see me cover here on the show. And hands down, this is one of the most requested topics. That's why I ask. I would have never known you guys wanted to know about this. And since it's so frequently requested, I first just need to acknowledge that you are not alone. Asking for help can feel hard, especially when you've been doing it yourself for so long. It can be tough to realize where you even need help. And then when you do realize some areas that, hey, maybe I could use some support, it's like, oh my gosh, where do I even go to get it? How do I even ask for it? And then for some, they ask for it, and then there's a breakdown in communication somewhere along the way. So it doesn't work out the way they expected it to, and they wind up back at square one where they were in the first place, doing it on their own with no help. So don't worry, because I've got your back. Seriously, thinking back to the early days of my business with no experience and no budget to hire help, I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. And I can tell you this, the faster you can hone this skill of First, recognizing when and where you need help. And then second, knowing how to ask for it, the faster you'll grow. There's just no other way to say it. If you feel like you've been stuck and spinning your wheels, then I want you to listen really closely to this episode and come back and re-listen to it because I wish I had acquired this knowledge sooner than I did because it's been the biggest game changer in my business. So the sooner you learn it and take action on it, the better it is for you. And because asking for help and knowing what even to 
ask for help with is such a huge struggle for so many people. I thought it might help if I shared the concrete methods I use to determine what I need help with and how to ask for it without feeling guilty so that you can stop playing the shame game and feeling guilty for having to ask and simply start asking for and getting the help you need to. But before we do that, I've got to give a shout out to our featured listener of the week, Renee at Pure and Coco. Renee says, I love how Courtney shares tips you can implement right away and shares real tactable tips. Her perspective on life, work, and parenthood and appreciating the life we have is refreshing. Renee, thank you so much for these kind words. And if you would do us a favor and DM us over on Instagram to let us know your best shipping address, we've got a little something to drop in the mail to you as our way of saying thank you for being one of our loyal listeners. And remember, when you leave us a five-star review, we might just feature you as our next listener of the week and give you a shout out right here on the show. Okay, so diving into this juicy topic today, asking for help. I thought I'd start by sharing with you one of the questions I get asked most often from our students and clients, and it's this, where do I even begin when it comes to hiring help and getting support? I know I should outsource more, but I've always had a hard time asking for help because I feel like if I don't do it, it won't get done right. And sometimes I feel like it's just faster to do it myself rather than train someone to do it how I want it. Raise your hand if you can relate. I totally get it outsourcing, delegating, getting support, hiring staff, asking for help, whatever you call it, the bottom line is this. It's a serious struggle for us high achievers to let things go. There's no shame in admitting it. We're so conditioned to believe that somehow the more we do, the more we matter. So we pile more on our plate because having a lot to do makes us feel productive, but it's just an illusion of productivity. In reality, this just makes you feel like you're underachieving since you're never fully able to complete anything. And it's really easy to trick ourselves into thinking that we can handle it all on our own as high-achieving, independent entrepreneurs and business people. After all, it's even easier to justify it telling yourself it's better or faster if you do it because you can't afford to make mistakes. But let's face it, it's not really a letting go issue. It's a trust issue. And unfortunately, most of us fail to ask for help before we desperately need it, after things start spiraling out of control and we have no other choice but to ask for help. The truth is you can only carry so much for so long. And let me be honest with you, one of the biggest secrets to my success and also the hardest lesson for me to learn has been owning that reality that I can't do it all. None of us truly can. So if you're relating to anything I'm saying right now, here's your gentle reminder. The things you're holding on to are likely the things that are holding you back because the magic you're looking for is often in the thing you're avoiding. Yes, it takes humility. And yes, it takes a desire to let go of your ego and learn. Let's stop proving our worth through trying to do it all, shall we? It is time to maximize your income and impact without maximizing your time or effort. And today I'm going to give you the first steps to get the support you need so you can lighten up your workload right now. First things first, are you telling yourself you have to be the one doing all the things on your plate because you have to? Or are you telling yourself you have to do it because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't? Let me ask you that again. Are you telling yourself you have to because literally you 
have to. You are the only one who can sign your name on that document, for example. Or are you telling yourself you quote unquote have to because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't do it? I get it. You're working as hard as you can and progress still feels painfully slow. You can't afford to make mistakes, and any wrong move might cost you resources that you don't have time, money, mental energy, emotional energy. That's a tough place to be, and I've been there more times than I'd like to count. So if you've been resisting outsourcing or delegating but resent what's on your plate, it's time to flip the script. This one mindset shift will dramatically improve your productivity. You ready for it? You have to allow yourself to receive the help. You have to give yourself permission to receive it. Asking for help isn't the issue. It's the guilt trip you're giving yourself and the ways you're beating yourself up for having to ask for it. Because of a story, you're telling yourself that you should be able to handle it all. Repeat after me. My worth is not measured by how much I accomplish in a day. Say it. My worth is not measured by how much I accomplish in a day. It is time that we stop playing the shame game because, see, the things you're holding on to are usually the things that are holding you back. Operating your business based out of fear of making a wrong move or making a mistake that slows you down is not what you need to be afraid of. The only thing to really be afraid of is being in the exact same place one year from now as you are today. And one of the ways I found it helpful to realize that not asking for help actually slows down my progress is to look at how much it's costing you to do it all yourself. The staggering cost of not asking for help and why it's not quicker to do it yourself. This is especially true when you are self-employed because your time becomes so much more valuable to you than ever before. Lost time means lost dollars. But have you ever considered how many dollars you're losing by spending all your time doing everything? At some level, we all have this internal gauge for how much our time is worth. For example, if someone offers to pay you seven cents for one hour of work, you'd immediately decline. Meanwhile, if someone offers to pay you $7,000 for one hour of work, you would immediately accept. The problem is there's often a ton of beliefs under the surface that prevent us from acknowledging our worth. And few people ever spend the time to calculate how much their time is actually worth. Now, learning how to estimate how much an hour of your time is worth is really a topic for a whole nother episode, which if you're interested in, hit me up over on Instagram in my DMs to let me know so I can dive into this for you at a later time. Here's the bottom line. When you run the numbers, it is not actually faster or quicker or cheaper to do things yourself, whether you sell products or services. It doesn't matter. If someone can do a job for less money per hour than you make in an hour, It saves you money and time to outsource it. My hourly rate is far more than the $15 a month it costs me to have my groceries delivered or the $50 an hour it costs me to have my house cleaned. Yeah, sure, I could spend four hours on a Saturday cleaning my house, which would be the equivalent of $200, or I could go out and make $500 to $1,000 in one hour of my time coaching clients, minimum. Plus, having my house cleaned, my groceries delivered, my meals prepped makes me happier and less stressed, which in turn makes my family happier and less stressed. So aside from calculating what your time is worth, you have to ask yourself, what do I want to be doing in my life that I'm missing out on 
by operating from this belief that I have to do it all myself. If you want to put your energy towards scrubbing toilets because you love it, more power to you. But if you'd rather be putting that energy toward doing something that makes you money and leaves you feeling more energized and inspired, then do that. I had to learn this the hard way. I had a really hard time learning to outsource and ask for help because I was operating based on this story that I thought it was costing me. But I never ran the numbers to see that it was actually costing me more time and more energy and more of my mental sanity than it was costing me money. Here's the thing. Most people's lives and businesses are like a bucket that's riddled with holes. They spin their wheels trying to fill the bucket, yet it's a waste of energy because little do they realize that energy is just leaking out everywhere. The fix? You got to plug the holes. And to do that, you have to identify where your energy is going in the course of a day. Now, the easiest way I found to keep track of where my energy is going is to save a little bit of space on my day planner to write down all the things in a day that frustrate me or suck a lot of time or things that I just don't enjoy doing. This helps me see what I need to delegate or delete altogether so I can spend my energy more intentionally on things that give me more energy versus drain what energy I have. So first you have to identify where your energy is leaking out. And next you got to plug the holes, delegate, delete, automate, etc. It's not so much a money or time issue as it is an energy issue. Growth that depends solely on your effort will always be stunted. And that's exactly why you're here listening to me right now. So I can show you how to create a life that doesn't depend solely on your time, your energy or your effort, which are all limited resources. So start outsourcing those things that drain you so you can focus more of your energy and attention on the things that energize you and light you up, which brings me to my next point. Despite the story you may be telling yourself in your head, it doesn't cost a fortune to start getting little things off your plate. Think of the trade-off. How much happier and less stressed will you feel when that thing is off of your plate? Something that was helpful to me when I first considered outsourcing was that it can actually be looked at as a form of kindness and generosity, of pay-it-forward-ness, a way to give to people in your community to support their businesses and their families and put food on their table and a roof over their head and support their livelihood just as you want people to buy goods and services from you so you can enjoy the same comforts. It creates a true win-win. You help them, they help you. I realize my time is abundant. And I'm mindful of when I choose to waste it on little tasks that don't generate revenue, like scheduling social media posts or building out a sales page or replying to email inquiries. Sure, it has to get done, but not by you. There are some really amazing resources I use often to find people who are ready and willing to take those tasks off your plate, saving you so much time and freeing up your energy to get out there and generate more money. Onlinejobs.ph is where we've connected with the most amazing people, some of whom we've now hired on as our VAs, our video editor, our podcast producer, who are all doing stellar work for us on an ongoing basis. Upwork.com and Fiverr are both great resources for one-time projects. We'll link up to all this in the show notes. That awesome intro you hear right here on the show, that was a Fiverr gig. The slide deck for my last live webinar, that was an Upwork project. 
The social media posts you see on my social media that go out every day like clockwork, those are all scheduled by my VA. Emails, my personal assistant handles most of those. The videos you see that I create for you, edited by my incredible video editor who makes me look good on camera. These are some of my favorite outsourcing tools you can start using right now, especially if you have a limited budget. And start small. I have a team of four. I call it tiny but mighty. But I didn't start with four. I started with one. And even that was a game changer because guess what? It helped me get out in front of my business to spend my time on the money-making activities that only I can do, like hosting retreats and events and speaking on stage and coaching clients. So I was able to start bringing in more income that I've reinvested in my business by hiring more people. Now, the excuses I hear a lot for outsourcing come in many different forms. Well, no one can do it as well as I can. Or if I outsource this, then it won't get done right. Or I want it done right the first time. Or I'm the only one who can do it right. I feel I'm the only person who can do all the things. It'll take longer for me to teach someone how to do what I need done than it would if I just did it myself. I can do it faster if I just get it done myself. I don't have the money to hire new people. I don't have the energy to train new people. I want to focus on one thing at a time, but there's so many things that need my attention. I have a hard time letting go. I don't know about you, but can you hear how disempowering all these statements are? None of these statements are spoken from someone with the mindset of a CEO. And this is why when you learn to ask for help, you move yourself from a position of disempowerment to empowerment. This is also why asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. Okay, so we've covered a lot, and I hope by now we can both agree that your time is worth more than the value you're placing on it right now by doing all the things. And maybe your ego is trying to push back on me a little bit saying, no, Courtney, it is faster if I do it myself, or I actually don't have the money to hire someone to do it for me. Okay, consider this. How else will you get the help you need if you don't start asking for it? If you don't allow yourself to ask for it, if what you're doing right now isn't working and you know it isn't sustainable, where will you be one year from now if you keep doing the same thing, hoping for different results? What's the worst that can happen? You ask for help and get told no. You try something new and it doesn't work. What are your options then? You can look at it and say, see, I told you so. I knew it wouldn't work and allow that decision to reinforce your old pattern of behavior and stay stuck. Or You can approach this with curiosity and ask, what if? What if I were able to get the help and support I need? What would that do for me? What would that do for my business? What if it doesn't work out the first time? What can I learn and apply from it so that I get a better result the next time? It's not about the resources you have. It's about how creative and resourceful you can be when it comes to getting the help you need. Just get started, even if it means trading services. And even if you're on board with everything I've shared with you so far, here's where I usually get this question. But how do I ask for the help that I need? And look, I get it. When it boils down to it, sometimes we don't even know where to begin because it's something that feels foreign. I've never asked for help before. Or you've got this story that you're not good at asking for help, so therefore you feel overwhelmed and therefore you don't know where to start. So I have two things for you that'll be helpful here. First, a little psychology trick that makes asking for help easier and almost always guarantees you'll get 
told yes. And second, recognizing that it's about shifting a habit. Now, I'll just touch on these two key points here because there's great resources out there on both that you can go look up if you want. Just Google the Xerox study and look up James Clear's blog or his book on atomic habits or even Charles Duhigg's book on the power of habit. We'll link up to this in the show notes too. So first thing you want to do is recognize that you're shifting a habit going from not asking for help or not asking for it consistently to asking for it more often. You're actually changing a pattern of behavior. You can't just do it once and expect that it'll stick. So put some little reminders where you will see them. Keeping track of where your energy is going in a day and how much of it is going towards things you don't like, like I described earlier, is key. Then thoughtfully reviewing it and identifying one area you want to get some help in. That's one way. Another way is setting a reminder in your phone that goes off once a week, say maybe on Sunday, reminding yourself to look for one thing you can ask for help on this week. Little things like that. This will help support you in creating a new habit because if you look up those resources I mentioned or if you know anything about how habits are formed, it takes time to rewire those neural pathways in your brain. So don't just try it once and give up. If nothing else, simply make the commitment to yourself that you're going to keep trying until it sticks. Okay, and now for the little psychology trick. I love this one. If you Google the Xerox study, you'll learn why this works so well, but I'll give you the cliff notes. When you go to ask someone for help, instead of just saying that you need help, tell the person why you need help because. That key word, because, makes all the difference. Again, you can go and read about this study, which is really fascinating. The people that added the word because when they asked someone for help dramatically increased their chances of actually receiving that help. So I practice this with my family members when I need help. And if they're listening to this now, well, oh, well, they know my secret. Instead of saying, hey, can you help me watch AJ sometime this week? I'll say, hey, can you help me watch AJ for a few hours this week? Because, and I'll give a legitimate reason. Some weeks I have deadlines to meet or more on my plate than usual. So I'll briefly share why I need the help, which increases my chances of getting the help that I need simply because of how we're wired as humans. We want to help each other, yet we also want a reason for things. We want to know why. This is also why, other than the word no, a two-year-old's favorite word is why. We're wired to want to know why. So use this to your advantage. It's not to manipulate anyone. It's not to somehow coerce people into helping you. It's to simply and honestly explain why you need the help which will increase your chances of getting it. And it will also help for you to clarify why you need it. Whew, man, we covered a lot. I hope this was helpful for you. Do me a favor. Let me know your biggest takeaway. Take a screenshot of you listening right now on your device. Share it to your Instagram stories with your biggest aha from this episode and tag me. And share one way that you're going to take action on what you just learned this week. Because I guarantee you, there are people in your community who look up to you. They look to you for advice and guidance, and they watch you. And chances are that they could use some help and some tips on getting it too. So keep leading by example and share it with them and help them get the help they need too. 
All right, guys, that does it for today. If you'd like more info on the programs and the tools and the resources I have available to you on how you can really uplevel your entire life and dive deeper with me into topics like these so you can transform and grow and get rid of all the things that are holding you back and reach that next level in revenue and exposure without spending late nights at your desk or missing out on time with your family or sacrificing the things you love, including yourself, then I want you to head over to CourtneyElmer.com slash uplevel for all of the info there on how I'm here to serve and help you. I appreciate you so much. I love hearing from my listeners and what you guys have to say about the show. And as always, go forth and live your effortless life. You're the best. I'll see you next time. Since you're listening to my voice right now on a podcast, I have to assume you're the type of person who likes podcasts. And if you like podcasts, then maybe you've considered hosting one of your own to help grow your business. But sadly, I have watched so many entrepreneurs spend countless hours creating their shows only to launch to crickets and gain zero traction. And what good is a podcast if it doesn't get you more sales and clients? The truth is, you can't launch a podcast based on hope, but you can build a highly successful show with the right strategy. And don't worry, I've got the strategy and I want to show you how to create, launch, and leverage your message into a show that positions you as a credible leader in your industry and ultimately creates more traffic and sales for your business. But first, There are five surprising misconceptions out there about podcasting that you should know before launching one. That's why I created a free PDF worksheet for you called, that's why I created this free PDF worksheet for you called five things you need to know before launching your podcast. Seriously, don't try to create a show without reading this guide first. Inside, I'll take the guesswork out of the pod. Inside, I'll take the guesswork out of the podcasting process so you can figure out if you're really ready to start one of your own. Go grab your copy at CourtneyElmer.com slash effortless podcasting guide. That's all one word. CourtneyElmer.com slash effortless podcasting guide. As you might've heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop, where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 